Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you sign up to the Safcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Safcast, you will receive early access episodes and bonus podcasts. Thanks. I'm here with Sean McVeigh, uh, All Saints footballer and former Antrim footballer. Sean, how's it going with you? Not too bad, not too bad at all. Under lockdown, doing all right. Yeah, I suppose trying to trying to make the most of the circumstances that we're in at the moment. That's it. That's all you can do. Just just look for the the positives of it. Get to spend a lot more time with family. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> being kept busy there, I'm sure. Looking at the, um, I suppose the place to start would be like it's. If we're looking at the 2020 season there and how it went for yourselves and all Saints, um, you, you look at the, I suppose the the novelty of the group stages when they were introduced and following lockdown and just even the relief of getting the, out in the field again and getting even, I'm sure you like a lot of clubs had had probably more at training than that first training session back than they've ever had. It's unbelievable. <laughs> we we had, I'm telling you, we had. We actually had a problem because we had 60 plus names and I didn't even know there were 60 footballers in bombing it. But um, it's a good problem to have. Um, but yeah, we had, like, we, I think when you were allowed to start training in smaller groups, we had seven or eight small groups of 10 to 12 uh, training all over bombing it until, uh, until we were asked to move off different fields. Um, so it, it was fun. I think everybody just, I think everybody just really missed getting out. Playing, playing football, but more importantly, I suppose, seeing, seeing, seeing their mates and having a bit of crack, which, which um, you, you don't really realise you're having when you're when you're training or playing football until it's taken away from you. Yeah, because it's that kind of um, if anything during a regular season, it's that going down whatever every other night to the field or whatever. It's kind of something that just sort of happens, but when it's gone, it's really, really a big hole in a lot of people's lives. 
and you get you get in a normal season you get fatigued and it, you know it becomes it becomes more like a chore like like, like, yeah. like, like, like games for everybody who plays it is like well I I think it's like a, a love hate you absolutely love it it's your life but it becomes like a chore that you have to go out to training but this season it was you know it wasn't sure it was it was actually a luxury that you were you were getting to go out and, and play football and, and, and train and then get to play a lot of games which yeah. was which down to the country you know you have to you have to take your hat off to the the county board who, who sorted the fixtures out like we we didn't miss too many you know we didn't play too many less games than we did the previous years which is which is hats off to the, to the county board and and um the people who made, made up the fixtures yeah, because that that kind of round robin that was introduced, um, you, you's like I mean, getting those. I don't know. Did you just play a league game just before it as well? We played a league, one league game just before that, which again, which again, you know, people were saying, "Why are we playing one league game and then waiting for so long?" But it was a per, it was a perfect chance to um, get a game before championship. Yeah, the um some of the some of the stuff I've talked to a few people this year who have mentioned about it and. They've said even the simplicity of this season, where it was like there weren't gathering team meetings in in you know in uh, in changing rooms or in boardrooms and that, or there wasn't, you know, we couldn't gather up to look at the screen for something. It was jerseys hanging on the wire. You picked yeah. up your jersey, like that kind of simplicity was nice for a lot of people. We were literally even even the training. You were driving right up to the pitch. You're putting your boots on in the car. You're training, and then you're going in the car and driving off. And for games, you weren't in the changing room, so you were just bringing your bags, putting along the putting along the side of the pitch, and warming up and going out and play. And you know there was no like, something that just personally annoys me, and I, I don't like is managers asking you to come to the changing room maybe an hour, an hour and a half before the game. <laughs> yeah. You're just sitting there. And you're sitting there and you're and you, and you know you drive my especially big championship games and county games when you're just sitting there building nerves. I, I used to really really hate it. Yeah. It took, took that away. There was no time to get nervous. You just ran out in the warm up and got on. So the simplicity of it was fantastic. Yeah, there was. I can't remember whose interview I was listening to. Some other interview of player. Um, I think it was the fella that I think it was your their your fella Wallace that scored the winner from in the Meath County final that came on as a sub. But he had mentioned about. You know, when you're sitting in the stands before a game and you're all spread out, you're just doing your own thing. There's not that tension building in the change room and that. So it probably does does actually play a factor, and maybe people reevaluate things going forward. Absolutely, I th- you know I think just like just like everything everything in in life and society, you know, it's starting to get overcomplicated. Um, <laughs> and I think what what uh, COVID nineteen has brought in is just the simplicity of things and you know the simplicity of things you even look at the all our championship this year it was not it was, it was quite simple you know it was fantastic it was yeah. a novelty and, and, and we really really enjoyed it as, as viewers as spectators and as a player playing in a shortened season it was it was great yeah the um for you in the in the intermediate championship you've obviously had a strong performances throughout the group i think the last game against st paul's was the toughest game you've faced and obviously st paul's i think they went on to the semi-final as well um i suppose getting out and getting those games again was the most important thing at that stage for you absolutely you know we got out and we, we we had a few few we, we actually thought a few i actually thought the the group we were we were in was going to be a lot harder than it was um we didn't really get challenged the first couple of games, but then St Paul's we were we were actually very lucky to uh, to, to beat St Paul's. Uh, but did we draw with them? 
uh, where we were, we were lucky to get a point off them anyway. I think we scored a um, a point. Uh, they, we scored a point towards the end, but that that game gave us you know kicks. We were we were winning those other games by a lot of points, and we maybe thought we were a lot better than we were. So that kind of brought us down to earth again. Didn't materialise to help us out any when we played against the Lloyd. But you know, um, I, I, I just think I think because of the way the season was, training was brilliant. Training yeah. was so and there was a real championship fight about it. You know, um, the intensity was good. It was short, sharp sessions. Intensity was good, and we felt really good going into the championship. And in the group games, we, you know, we were happy and we, we were confident, confident against Dunloy, but it just didn't go our way. Um, against Dunloy, then, like, yeah, it was a three-point defeat, and Dunloy have Dunloy have had a good record intermediate in terms of getting to the final. Now they've not just got over the finishing line, but they're a team. Obviously, you know, they're hurling success in recent years, but they are a team at that level who, you know, well, a hard, difficult team to beat. Absolutely, they've had a lot of success. They've been a good intermediate championship team, and they've had a lot of success in it. And they've had even more success against us. You know, we they, they would be one of our our bogey teams. Um, you know, I, I I do believe if if there was no hurling, Dunloy Dunloy would be a very very strong Division One senior championship team because mm. they've got quality footballers um, all all over the pitch. But you know we you know we we were, we were confident going into that game um, that we were going to win it, but. You know, I, I think Dunloy really did their homework on us quite well, and um, we we're traditionally very big and strong right up the middle, and and Dunloy played to the wings really well, and it's you know we had a sweeper in, and Dunloy just caught out the sweeper, and we didn't react to that well enough, and they got a good start. I I do think the three points, you know, I I think they on the day they were better than three points. Yeah, well, yourself then. I know you've played, you've played midfield, you've played full back, and that this year you were kind of, you probably a little bit deeper than usual, and kind of whenever you were playing the club. Yeah, and and, and it was and it started it started off just uh, natural, just you know I saw I saw a gap and I was filling in, you know I wasn't told mm. to do it, yeah. and you know it was probably the season before that I started doing it and. I suppose I'm, I'm, I'm getting older, so it, it probably suits me that I'm not box to box midfielder anymore. So I'm sitting back, and, and it worked well for us, I thought, um, and I, enjoy, I enjoyed I enjoyed doing it. But uh, it wasn't it wasn't something that was planned. It just it just happened naturally, and um, I think that's one I think that's one of the things that that happened against the lie. I, I didn't I wasn't in as that sweeper midfielder. I just played a conventional midfield player. Um, and I think maybe that that threw me off a bit because I was used to that that position. But um, you live and you learn these games. Yeah, and actually, just when you're mentioning about midfielders, so a few years ago, I remember playing against. Um, so it was our seniors, Ballycastle seniors, playing against would have been your reserves, and I remember coming up against uh, Timmy Connolly in midfield mm-hmm. there, and he must have been I don't know early forties or that there, and he was. He was unbelievable, you know. He was physical as ever, dominating in that there. Like, what sort of? Uh, I suppose he's had some kind of for your club anyway. He's he's like been a real standout player. But I just I just remember like people talk like I was younger. I didn't know who he was in that, but he was dominant. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah, Timmy Timmy's a football player for play for Anderson. Yeah. Um, was a great footballer, and you know I played maybe. I would say maybe seven, eight years with Timmy on the, on the mm-hmm. Balmain senior team, mm-hmm. and he he's not he's not overly tall, but he's just got that ability to um, 
He won everything in the air. <laughs> like, yeah. He's strong and he just pains his jump really well. He, he was very, he was a very, um, very, very talented football footballer. And, we, and when I when I came into the senior team, um, that was this is my twenty second season. So when I came in, uh, twenty two years ago, we had we had a lot of really quality footballers who were coming to the end of their their playing days. You know, we had we had Timmy, we had Barney McCann, we had um, a few players like that who have all represented Antrim um, and Ulster, and, and Timmy was definitely one of the standouts. And he, even even as you say, when he got older, he like he came in, he came in and did, and, and did a job for the seniors, and he sent half four. He just he just, just a bit like Paddy Logan, Paddy Logan for us in in more recent times. He just you know when you needed that um, bit of class, to, just to calm the ball down, slow yeah. everything down, and you know only, is it the things that only certain gifted players can do? You know the, those boys were definitely those type of players. Yeah, it was just that kind of bit of a Rolls Royce of a player that just kind of would hold on to the ball and give it yeah. off at the right times and all just settle, say, the younger ones who are coming. Yeah, just slows it, slows it down um, and then just calms everybody else around him. And, and when we and Timmy and, and Paddy probably more so because I played longer with Paddy. Paddy Logan was definitely one of those players who, who just calmed things down. In the last 10 minutes, if you were up a couple of points, you wanted Paddy on the ball. Yeah, yeah, no, it just it's just anything just always associated with like my early earlier years playing. I get playing against Palomino's coming up, you know, I say it was against the reserve playing fish or something like that there out like complaining and it was just always something that stood out there. Um in terms of like kind of Palomino and all Saints at the at the minute, like user there's a lot of investment going on in, in terms of your setup there and facilities, the community involvement and all there. Like I We've played, I see myself with the club, we've played a lot. We've played quite a few championship matches there because anytime we get drawn against a, ba- a Belfast team, we're always put to Balamina, Rashargan, or Annalstown or that there. And the, the investment that's been in recent years there seems to be really, like, really noticeable anyway. Yeah, we've got, we've got a very forward thinking committee. Um, and they're putting a lot of hard work into. Um, and, and, and into the club and into the, the grounds around the club. Um, we've developed the pitch across the road. We call it Quinn Park, across the road from mm-hmm. the main pitch, and it's 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 been great. I think that's where a lot of the championship games are. Yeah. It's been great. You know, the the surface there is unbelievable. It's it's, it's really good. You know, um, with our our committee have been very heavily involved in developing the the, the juveniles and bringing them through. But it's, it's all it's all been helped with the dynamics and demographic environment has completely changed. When I when I was growing up and playing uh, underage football, there and, and hurling, there was very few people in my class. Very few, very few of my friends played football. Mm. Um, I was definitely, I was definitely the minority. Um, but now every child, every child from five, six years old is up, up at the pitch playing around, and that's just, that's just, I suppose, down to the schools and down to. Or chairman Jim Brady, who's the principal of the local school as well, has just derived it from there. Um, and we, we've seen some success. We've our, our juvenile teams are, are doing quite well. Yeah, I was going to say, was there obviously then a big push in terms of the awareness in the schools? But I mean, Jim's obviously he's in a pretty good position to make sure that happens there. Absolutely, yeah. Big massive awareness in in both uh, St Bridget's and uh, St Common Kills. Um, and you know, I, I would say the majority of those young boys and girls at that school 
football and hurling GAA games would be their their priority. Whereas when I was growing up, it was probably soccer. Yeah. Uh, so that that's definitely helped our club. Um, and because we've got we've got more members, you, you obviously your finances improve and yeah. and you can do these um fantastic um things from around the club. We've also got a lot of people who put in a lot of hard work that that like every GA club that you don't see who you know who are attending the lights every day or who are searching for uh funds from the government or funds from the council, you know, applying for all of that and, and getting getting us grants so where where we can buy these things. So there's a lot of a lot of things that you that's that you wouldn't know is happening. Um, people just get go along their business and get it done, which is reaping rewards for the whole club. Yeah, it's that expertise, I suppose. It's kind of having that kind of thinking a wee bit outside of just kind of the here and now, but obviously that long term thinking, which a club like yourselves would would only benefit from. Absolutely, and and and, and it's, it takes it takes all types for for a club to run. Like we're we're doing a lot of renovations in the club now at the minute, and you know we've got a few of our our seniors, or like our, our senior members, and talking boys who are retired from work, who, like, I just live up the roof and give a club every time I drive past. You know, no matter what time it is, their car is in there and they're in doing that work. Yeah. You know, thanks to Brian McCambridge, Hector Castley, uh, Joe, Joe, um, all these boys, they're, they're putting in serious work. And it yeah. goes unnoticed because, because, it's out, because it's outside the town. Uh, and you really, really, only, you really go to it if you, if you want to go to the pitch. People don't, people don't know the work that's going on. Ah, uh, yeah, but it's it's that there. Like, what about for your for yourselves then? So you mentioned about when you were coming through, there was a lot of boys coming towards the end of the career. What about now? Like, when you're looking at the young fellas coming through, like, how's that kind of transpiring? You were mentioning about some underage success as well that you've been experiencing. We've got we've got a good mix. We've got the good mix is just starting to happen now. I think maybe the last two or three years, um, we've had more young boys coming through. Whether I think are you know. We've still got a lot of experienced boys who who are setting an example for these young boys. So it's it's starting to look like a good mix. You know, we've got a few of players like myself, um, Mike McCarry. I suppose we'll say we've only got like four or five years left. We're in the closer closer end to forty, but um, and we've got boys who are coming in eighteen, and, and it's just a good mix. And no, it's it's great. Um, it's just, I suppose it's just like a club. Each individual has their own part to play. Um, those, those, the young boys coming through need need to put their head down and, and work hard and, and try to benefit the team. Whereas the older boys need to work hard, and make sure the younger boys don't take your position, mm-hmm. and you know, try to steer, try 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 to leave a philosophy or you know try to leave the club uh, the club team in a better position than you got it. So that's I think you're. You know your your motivation for playing and your and your targets change and uh, as you do get older. Yeah. But I also think you get more selfish. You know, I yeah. I'm, I I really want another championship. And the, the last two last two intermediate championships against all the group against all Dunlop. I, 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 I probably a lot of teams are saying this, but I thought we we left behind us. Um, yeah. and it's because I'm getting older. I don't have too many years left. I just just really want you know a run. Yeah. Like we have. 2011 so you know, it's... yeah yeah that's what i was going to ask about 2011 and he's, he's obviously what he's won the intermediate championship there and he's won it in 2008 as well is that right yeah. yeah yeah so like if you're looking at that kind of success that you're having there and and 
Look, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, clubs like you know across the county as well. You know, and say the younger players who win it in those years and think, oh, it's great, we'll be in the final every year. This is sort of normal. But then it just goes to show you kind of, and there's oh, there's yeah. clubs clubs with longer time without winning it than that even. Yeah, like we when we won that championship, like I was really thinking that um, we'd we'd kick on and we we'd you know we had a, that was that was a good team that we had in 2011 and it was quite a young team. Um, it was quite a young team and we had plenty of years left in us and I thought that if that team stayed together that we would get up to the Division 1 which we did do but we yo-yoed up and down we, yeah. but I thought that team should have stayed in Division 1 and competed um, in Division 1 we got I, I think we, we drew Cargan in the 2012 first round of the championship that year which obviously wasn't wasn't great but yeah. um, it's, it's something that, that, that disappoints me that that team didn't didn't kick on and prove you know get up in division one stay there yeah and like for 2021 whatever form the season takes i suppose we don't really know at the minute like that that kind of championship then is the is the main target i assume anyway for you you know that would be the kind of thing that you're aiming for there and look, you're probably looking at Dunloy probably still being you know intermediate next year st paul's obviously were strong too um Money Glass, I suppose they would maybe go up the senior, but then you presumably have someone coming down. So like the, the the competitiveness within the intermediate championship is is there and always has been really. Yeah, the intermediate championship has always been a championship. You know, you, there's five or six teams that could that could could win it in a year. Um, I think if, if I'm right, in the, this year's championship, I'm assuming Money Glass will will play senior, but I don't think anybody will come down because they'll no. still be this because. I don't think I would come down because they'll still be a division one. They'll still yeah. be playing division one. So I don't think I think if you're playing division one, you know, you might want you might want to play senior football. So yeah. um, so that's taking it's taking one competitive team out of the intermediate championship. But yeah, there's still still a lot of teams that, that can that can that can win in any yeah. given day. Yeah. Just look a wee bit at like your inner county career then as well. So you mentioned about the twenty two years involved with the club. Um uh, County, were you, is it? So you were involved in the 2007. You play. You were involved with that that campaign. So Tommy Murphy yeah. Cup and everything that went with that too. Yeah. Um, so was your my, first exposure to the county setup? Yeah. Well, no. I I made my debut uh, in 2006. I was an unused sub against Fermanagh in the championship that year. Um, I don't know if I remember. It was a real wet day, and and, and there's a story on about one of the. One of the county boards taking the county board members taking John for open shoes. So I I was involved. In, I was involved in um, 2006. Yeah. Uh, didn't get much game time, uh, and then 2007 was when when I started playing more league games and uh, championship games. Yeah. So was it about? Uh, I suppose you're kind of looking. If you look back, kind of on what your involvement with the county setup, you played. You've played it you know, higher levels throughout, you know, obviously Antrim's in Division 4 at the minute, but, you know, you obviously went up the divisions during your time when you were there, like, what was that experience like for you? Um, it was great. Um, again, I think we we rolled, uh, you know, the, the wave of some goal success. Mm. Um, they had a lot of boys, they were obviously doing well in club football, and they had a lot of boys that, that brought the county football uh, team forward, and um, you know, we had, we had a lot of good athletic players that Went from Division Four up to Division Two, um, and and that was great. You know, it, it gave you confidence, and it gave you confidence that you know Antrim have very good footballers, and and you know they they've probably been 
you know, they probably haven't been performing as well as they should be performing. And that, that was something that I, that I always thought as a player that, you know, that we that we shouldn't be where we're at because we've got so so many good players, the club football's so good. But it's just one of those things that that um, never really materialised. We never we never stayed up in division division three or division two. You know, we came straight back down again. Yeah, but it's I suppose it's that, and that's the key. And it's probably what you, like you were saying about with Balamina too being in Division One. It's that sustained staying up there, competing every year, like taking the beatings maybe the first year, but doing enough to stay in with a chance and building upon that really is kind of how Antrim need to go. Well, it's how it needed to go then, you know, when they were up in Division Two. Yeah, that that's it. And then and like, even now, um, getting out of Division Four is as hard as winning Division 3. Yeah. You know, you know, getting out of Division 4 is very tricky because it's a bit like the Intermediate Championship. You've got, you've got, you've got teams that are unpredictable. You just, mm. you, don't, you don't know what they're going to be like on any given day. Um, like, like, you take this year, for example, I, 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 I thought, I watched Antrim against Limerick um, in Port Nolan and I thought yeah. they were brilliant. Yeah. I thought they were really, really, really good. And they, they, they were their next game was away to Whitwell and Ogden's always a hard place to go. I know that from experience, it's always a hard place to go. But I was fully confident that they that they would beat Whitwell and then beat Waterford. But then obviously COVID happens and we had, we had to wait a couple of months and then Whitwell uh, gave Antrim a hiding and I just didn't, yeah. just didn't expect that. Yeah, and that's the thing. I suppose you're looking at this year like. That result, the Wicklow result, was a bit of a freak result. It would never have happened in the original time slot. I think uh, they were due, I think it was, obviously, yeah, the Limerick win. There was the draw against Carlo just before that when Antrim needed something from that game. Otherwise, they were out of the running and then they hammered it to the team that were top of the league and it's yeah. all in their own hands. That, that The draw against Carlo was a big point lost, I think. Um uh, that was definitely a point lost, and I think that caused a lot of, a lot of problems. But yeah, like you said, you were going against a team. But that, that's what I mean. Like, like Limerick, Limerick. Uh, I think they were four and zero. They had won four games, and they were coming to play mm-hmm. Antrim, and, and you're thinking, God, this Limerick team must be good. But Antrim mm-hmm. absolutely destroyed them. Yeah. I was like, I was so, I was so impressed watching it. It was the first game I watched of Antrim that year, and I was, I was really impressed. Yeah. Um, you know, and if they played like that against any of the Division Three teams, I, I would be fairly confident they would have beaten as well. Yeah, because you saw it in the championship then, like, okay, they, they lost out to Cavan, but, you know, Cavan yeah. didn't have it all their own way. And then obviously Cavan went on to have what they, their season, how oh yeah, it worked out too. Absolutely. It's just, I think it's just, it's just, <clears throat> if, you, if, if, like, winning breeds winning, if you're winning constantly and you're, you know, and it's a, it's a bit like Dublin now. Dublin in the last couple of years, and all our finals have been have been under pressure, but they just they just seem to have this mentality that, you know, well we don't lose championship games, so yeah. don't panic. You know, yeah. you know we, we don't lose championship games. Whereas, you know, I, I feel sometimes as as Anton players, we've had like kind of an inferiority complex that, you know, you're you're three or four points up with ten minutes ago, and you're going here. What's going on here? Yeah, so we, we might win this game, and you start panicking. And I know, and, and I'm speaking from I'm speaking from personal experience. You look at the club, gee, we're winning this game. Mm. It, you know what's what's happening? You get a wee bit panicky on the ball. Yeah, it's like that there, like uh, like you mentioned, Dublin's a good example. You know, Dublin are, are three or four points down to Mayo with ten minutes ago, and they're pro- you you put an M on it that 
Dublin would win that game still. You know, like they're you're so confident they'll just keep taking over and they do what they do, and it's yeah, and it's probably a reverse of that. Yeah, and there's no with the Dublin team, there's no there's no change of tactics, there's no change of pattern of play. They just stick to what they've been told, and they just have this confidence and obviously a, a wild lot of ability, and they just just keep kicking the points over, and 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 when there's a goal opportunity, they're they're ruthless. Yeah, your your own time then you, with Antrim, you obviously had that horrible injury that you had to come back from there. It was was you know getting back playing full stop was obviously the focus there, but I suppose putting on the Antrim jersey again was played a was a big motivation there. Yeah, it was. Like there was a few times that I had that motivation of putting on the Antrim jersey. You know, when I went to London coming back, I had that. But that injury I had against St John's, it, it was it was the sorest thing that's ever happened. Um, I ripped my I ripped my um, my quad. I ripped all my groin off the, off the, the muscle and off the sorry off the bone, and I tore all my lower abs. And I was I was black from from my chest right down to my knee, just in bruising, and it, it was it was wild sore, and um, I couldn't walk properly for a long long time. And I got back into training, and um, I was really I, I really wanted to play and really wanted to play that year and I thought that was going to be my last year and uh, I just I just did a lot of rehab with the physios and worked really hard and I kind of aimed for the last two games of the National League and um, I think I, I played in the second last game of the National League with the injury but that, that injury definitely um, definitely slowed me up from when I came back to play I, I knew I, 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 could, I, I could feel a difference when I was playing that that injury just I didn't have the power that I would have had on, on my leg to jump to catch a ball to, or to ride through tackles. Um, so I, I definitely, I definitely think that that injury did slow me up. But um, yeah, it was just my complete motivation to play Fanta because I suppose a lot of cricket players say it, it, it was all I knew. You know, it, it was, I just, you know, I, all I knew was playing for Anton for for a long since I was since I was twenty. I just I just played for Anton and I was just so proud to play for Anton that I, I always wanted to. I always wanted to um, try my best for them and, and, and get get games. Yeah, and it was, I mentioned earlier there about you playing between midfield and full back and that. And I think you know full, you played full back last couple of uh, years with Antrim, isn't that right? And I suppose you've had you've had to mark some big hitters there in your time. Michael Murphy being probably top of the pack, really. Yeah, um, but I, I, all through it, my 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 career with Andrew, I kind of went from. I actually started. I actually my, my first year, not two thousand seven, under Joey Gormley, I played halfback the whole year. Paul Doherty was fullback, and then we played Derry in the championship in Casement. And for whatever reason, a couple of days before the game, um, they changed me and Paul. Paul went halfback, I went to fullback, and I marked end of the doing and uh, got got. Got a roasting. Um, <laughs> throughout my whole career, I was kind of in and out of midfield and fullback, and just always depended on who who we had. You know, I, I think you know I was I, at, at county level anyway. I never I never had I wouldn't I wouldn't say I ever had a natural position where you know I, I suited. You know, more of a utility player at times. Um, I think that went against me as well, but. Um, I hated fullback at the start, and then towards the end, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, just, that, just that one-to-one battle. You didn't have you didn't have to worry about anything else other than battling with your man. You know, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed that position towards the end of it. And you get, and as you play it more, you get more comfortable, and you get to understand it a bit more. 
Um, so uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed fullback. The um, you mentioned about London, and I wanted to ask you about that because you had the novelty, obviously, of playing against Antrim in that year. Whenever you were in, were you captain of London as well that year? Is that I right? was captain. Of London. Yeah, I was captain of London. I was. I played for London for three years. And I was captain too. Um, no, I went over. I went over to London to do a PGCE, my teaching, and um, I did it in East London. And then I got a job in Colchester, which is in which is which is um, in Essex. And um, when I first got over, when I first landed at London, I had no intention of playing. You know, the manager, the London manager, asked me if I would play National League, but I, I didn't want to. It was fierce travel, and I was I, I, when I did play from, I travelled three and a half hours to train and three and a half hours yeah. back. So the first year I didn't really, didn't wasn't really interested in playing. Um, didn't play in the National League, and then the the University of East London I was at had a Gaelic tournament. Uh, the British Championship was on. And we went to Birmingham. We played net, and I really, I really enjoyed it. And we, we ended up winning the the C, the C level of it. Um, and the manager then asked me would I come and join the championship panel. I thought I, I just, I, you know, start. I did start miss football. I was in the gym doing gym stuff, but I was doing gym stuff for no reason. Um, I was just doing gym stuff for football. So I went in and played, and we played Ross Common in the championship that year. And then the year afterwards, um, I was captain, and we we played Mayo. And Mayo beat us after extra time. Um, so no, I, I love I love playing for London. You know that people say, you know, what was it like playing for London? It, it, it was no different playing for London than it was for Antrim or New York. We, we trained equally as hard. Um, but what I really liked about it was um, that I was captain and I, I, and I was I was not always sure of my, te- my, my place in the team, but I was confident that on on match day that I'd get playing mm-hmm. um, and I'd be starting. So I had that, I had that, um, you know, I had had that freedom just to play and to enjoy the game. Whereas every single game I ever played for Antrim, even at the start of my career to the end of the career, I was like, right, if I have a bad game, I might not start the next day. You know, yeah. so you had that pressure. For playing for London, you didn't have that pressure. And, and I think the three years that I was in London really brought me on as a footballer. It gave me confidence. You know, as, as playing against, you know, the, the, the great footballers against London, and we we were matching up to them, and you know, give you that confidence that you, you actually can play at that level. Um, so yeah, I loved it. Um, and then obviously when we got we got we got Drew under him in the in the back door. Um, I remember sitting in my classroom, and I think I think the draw was on Good Morning Ireland or some radio station anyway. Yeah. And for whatever reason, it never came into my head that there's a possibility like that London could play under. I just never came into my head. Yeah. And. Obviously the drug came out and so we're playing Antrim and it was, I just couldn't believe it. I was so excited. I text home and all, text home and all we're playing Antrim and, and the reason I suppose it was more obviously when you're away from um, your home county and you're playing against them, you, you know you, you want to play against them. Um, but it's also that I knew that I was coming home that summer and yeah. I was thinking I was thinking right, Baker Baker's going to be there. Baker's going, you know. This is my chance to try to get onto the squad for 2012. Yeah. So I had that motivation, and obviously the motivation of playing against get against your friends and against your home county. So um, no, it, it was it was great. So it was, and it was a tight enough game too, wasn't it? In the end, yeah. Kevin Nibblock, I think he was he was overdoing a PGSE as well, so he really should be playing for London not under him that year. But uh, <laughs> he came down from wherever he was at, and he carried the ball. He carried the ball over the. 
carried the ball over the line and uh, they end up beating us by a couple of points um, that year. But no, it was a good, it was a great it was a great occasion um, to uh, see everybody and have them over at, at London, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you know I think Thomas McCann just got married the the, the day before, so um, I think we took advantage of of Thomas and Mick maybe um, being tired and having get having to get the flight that morning. Yeah, like yeah, it was kind of it was to kind of work in your favor, and yeah, it might have been the yeah if you had, if with a bit more luck, rub of the green or something like that. There, who knows what way it could have went there. Yeah, and... that, that, exactly, but I just I just remember never being never being a site for a game in my life, you know, because again with London, I was kind of in and out between midfield and full back, and the whole way up to that game, I was I was full back and. I had I got all the notes on Michael McGill, who I would have been Morgan. Uh, watched all the video, and then just the week of the championship, said Sean, you're going in the midfield. <laughs> so I played, played midfield that day. Um, so yeah, it was it was great, and I was happier to play midfield because I thought, right, if I'm midfield, I can I can show myself more than I would in fullbacks. Because in fullback, all I'd be doing is stopping Mike McGill now, and I know that that's no easy task, but yeah, I could work the field and I could see what show what I could could do. Um, yeah, and try to get on this team next year. And then, yeah. I, then, I was, then I was devastated when, when you know, I, I had a good game that day, and uh, I was devastated when I found out that Beggar was leaving. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was for nothing. I had to start all back. Yeah, it was like the shop window was closed then. <laughs> oh, but then, but then, I, then, I, then I, I came home that year, and um, I had a heart problem. And I wasn't able to do any exercise for six months. And again, I thought, God, I'm never going to. And Frank Dawson had just taken over the team, and uh, he held trials. And I, I rang Frank up and says, Look, I want to go to the trials, but I, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to do any training. I'm not allowed to go for walks because of, of the heart condition that I had. Um, and he says, Well, just come along and watch. And I, and I, it was horrible because I didn't know whether he could drop me. And he said, No, luckily he didn't drop me. And, and yeah. My heart problems were sort of out, and I was able to play that year. Um, but no, it was it was um, good times playing against playing for London, and especially against uh, Andrew. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think you know, looking. Yeah, I suppose now at this stage where the lads who are in there with the Antrim team now and you know Enda McGinley coming in taking taking over and with the management team he's kind of assembled there like it's and I know I know being in division four is not the place to be but the promise has been shown the last couple of years with the current team and they finished third there three years in a row and it is a competitive division but what sort of hopes would you be holding out for the the current squad I suppose coming into the new championship well I think I think I think just like we're still got a great blend of youth and, and experience, and I think I think the some of the older boys who came into the team last year, you know, really helped the team. Yeah. Um, the likes of Mick and Paddy and Kobo, uh, Sweeney coming back, you know, they gave that experience. And I know all those boys are staying on this year, except Kobo, who I, I think is is, is retired. I don't know if that's out yet, but I, I don't think he's playing this year anyway. Um, those boys will those boys will know how to how to get out of Division Four and they'll know what it takes, um, to, you know, to, to win those national games. Because like even even when I was playing, you always knew the first two games of the national league were so important. Yeah. Because after the first two games, you had a two week break break for Sigerson, and it's you know you needed to win those games <laughs> to get them. So the, the, the more senior players will um, 
we'll have that noise. And then you've got quite a few, quite a few new boys who've been on the panel for the last two three years who are now starting to show. And then like you know, if you look at the club championship this year, like the club club championship was super, and there's some great players who 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 are young who have been on the county who hopefully will be called up and are on the training panel now who will who will add to the team. So I I think I think um, I'd be quite confident that they could that they could get promotion. And I think I, I'm assuming I'm assuming that will be their main that will be their main target. Their main goal is is to get out of Division Four and into Division Three and playing more competitive football. Yeah, yeah, no, I th- I think so, and I think when they're looking at it and in terms of what's been done the last few years, and yeah, you you mentioned the the senior championship as well there, like from the year just gone to, like we mentioned intermediate championship being competitive, but sure, look at that too, you know where you you know you've it's not it's, like Cargan's won three in a row, but they've not won them easy any of them, you know. I was chatting to Mick in the podcast about it too, and he was saying the same thing, like I think the extra time for two of them maybe, and won the other by a point. Yeah, and, and you know you could you. Four or five teams that could win that, that championship in the last three or four years. Um, there's not probably not too many other counties can can say the same thing that there's four or five teams that can that can win the senior championship. Um, and uh, you know I think the quality of the senior championship, club championship last year showed the quality of footballer that is in Antrim. Um, and I think with Enda McGinley um, coming through, like I, I if I was a player I'd be excited about, about playing under. And with and with Sean Kelly in there as well, I'd be very excited about it because you know they're they'll have that bit of craft that um, an All Ireland winner only has. So he 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 knows what it takes to win. He knows what it takes to get get across the line. So hopefully he can he can motivate and drive the rest of the boys on. Yeah, no, very true. Um, Sean, thanks very much for giving your time uh, to chat to me about this. Um. I really appreciate it, and, and yeah, best of luck with the 2021 season. Uh, hopefully, hopefully all goes well. We we all get playing again some stage. Happy to get out the front door, yeah. Aye, yeah, definitely. Well, thanks very much. I enjoyed sign up to the Safcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Safcast you'll receive early access episodes and bonus podcasts. Thanks. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.